This is the We Spin Recipes podcast with Andrew Apinov. Hello everyone, Andrew Apinov here with a new episode of We Spin Recipes. I officially stopped calling this podcast a weekly one today, as it's been a whole month since the last show, it's kind of crazy. Uh, that was uh, mainly because I was in the US for the most of last month, first on vacation on the East Coast and then on a business trip to San Francisco and Silicon Valley. And it was quite difficult to keep up with my wisping duties during that time, unfortunately. Um, and by the way, yeah, to to give a bit more context to those listeners who don't know me that well just yet, as I realized uh, some of the things that I mentioned about my uh, travels and location may not make a lot of sense to some of you. I myself am not from the States, even for my data music agency is a US-based company and North America is our main market. I've been living in Poland for almost four years now and originally, as you could tell from my name, I'm Russian. Anyway, so I will do my best to release the show weekly, but realistically, we'll be sticking to two free episodes per month. Just so you know that you never miss an episode, as even if not every single one may be equally interesting to all of you, I recommend you keeping an eye on our feed and listen to the stuff that sounds relevant to you. Uh, subscribe to our podcast uh, for that through the iTunes link, which you can find in the right sidebar at wispin.co forward slash podcast. You can also follow Wispin on SoundCloud, where we release all the new shows and, of course, uh, please subscribe to our email list if you haven't yet. This is, uh, uh, to me, the best way to be informed of um, all the new episodes and some exclusive uh, deals and uh, and um, music marketing business stuff. The best way to get on the list is through the free email-based course called Fan Engagement Faculty. So yet another link for you here. You can subscribe to Fan Engagement Faculty at box.wispin.co. Note that it's not com, but co, C-O. I'm pretty sure you'll appreciate the course and once you're in you'll also be receiving emails on new podcast episodes for as long as you want to stay subscribed. And now to today's episode. And today's episode is massive. Its guest is an acapella singer and producer with over 1.5 million subscribers on YouTube and over three and a half thousand people contributing over $12,000 per each video released on Patreon. Just to intrigue you with a few numbers there. The guest name is Peter Hollands. If you somehow haven't heard of this YouTube sensation yet, I highly encourage you to check out his web properties, which are in the show notes at wispin.co forward slash WSR85. I really make this uh, intro heavy on links for some reason. We recorded this interview a few days before Christmas when Peter just released his Christmas album, so while February when this show is released is not exactly the season, I still recommend you checking out his album called A Holland's Family Christmas. It's a powerful record and you can make a great gift to your friends and loved ones towards the end of the year with it. Peter Hollands is not just someone who has achieved success as an artist, he is willingly sharing his knowledge with other creators and does it really well, as you're about to hear on this very podcast. 
We started it a bit slow probably, but it gets very motivational and practical as well towards the end of the recording. We put the recipe in the title of this episode as even for you will hear a lot of very specific recommendations from Holland, there is one key idea that I hope you will get out of this conversation. To make sure you got it right, feel free to let us know in the comments on SoundCloud. I feel that you'll understand what I mean after completing this episode. Here we go, Peter Hollands on the Whisping Recipes podcast. Peter, welcome to Whisping Recipes. It's a real pleasure to have you on the show. Let me know how you're doing. I'm doing good. Yeah, honored to be here. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, it's truly exciting for me to talk to you and um, I'm eager to hear some interesting, cool insights from you because we it's really cool to talk to someone who who's sort of a model, an example of how an artist can thrive in the industry today. And uh, I'm just, I'm fascinated by what you've been doing and what you've achieved and uh, the kind of stuff that you do online. And um, uh, for those of uh, our listeners who uh, have not heard your name yet, do you mind just uh, a quick summary recap of, of your background and what you've been doing maybe in the past years and maybe mentioning some of the latest developments of yours? Sure, yeah. You know, I got started, I got thrown into, into choir in high school and uh, really fell in love with it. Ended up going to college on a full ride to become a choral director because my choral director basically taught me everything, gave me confidence in myself. And while I was there, I kind of was, well, you know, I, I was forced to trained too much in classical music and that was kind of killing my soul. So I started an acapella group so I could start doing um, music that was more rewarding and basically taken by my peers a lot better. Because as an 18 or 19 year old, I really needed to get some feedback from people. I think almost any 18, 19 year old really likes to, uh, you know, have their peers like what they're doing. Hmm. And I, uh, I was doing that for a long time. I, I, uh, Kind of found myself into a, in, in a studio. We recorded our first CD. I fell in love with what the engineer was doing. So I took all the money I'd saved for my master's degree and I uh, purchased a home recording studio. And then I started recording acapella groups all around the United States from Georgia to Yale to like Stanford and everywhere in between. And in between that, I got married. I started singing on cruise ships with my wife, who's also a professional singer. And then I wound up on a, a TV show called The Sing-Off, which was kind of like the uh, American Idol for acapella groups. Uh, it's the same TV show that Pentatonix came from. Anyway, I, so I, I had a few uh, solos on there that really didn't do anything for my career other than give me the impetus to start turning the mic on myself and recording myself for a change. And that was right at the beginning of 2011. And that's when I started doing, I started doing YouTube. Even back then, it was very apparent to me when I was reverse engineering the people who were successful, that every single piece of content you create from an audio perspective needs to have a visual element to be distributed. Right. Uh, and that's even more apparent today. And any of your listeners out there who aren't creating a visual apparatus to every single song you create, you're not doing it right. And then I started doing that part-time and I went full-time about middle of 2012. I started collaborating with other artists, really kind of picking up on the early ethos of YouTube that was one of collaboration and rising tide lifts all boats. And so look, looking at 
your fellow artists as peers and not competitors. Mm-hmm. And so the more I adopted the way of thinking of helping someone versus looking at them as competition and I'm never going to work or help them because, you know, what they have will take away from what I have. You know, it's the entire, you know, how many artists do you have on your iPhone? Do you only have one? No, of course not. You have many. It's not like you only listen to one artist. So I've been helping artists more and more. And and the more I've kind of uh, embraced the trying to give to people more than I take, the more, well, the more happy I am and the more successful I've become. And, you know, basically from then until now, I've just kind of, uh, turned my business into like a Silicon Valley startup and I've expedited every single part of my workflow as possible. And I outsource as much as I possibly can. And I, you know, I have like 19 subcontractors and about to have two full-time employees. And yeah, I, that's what I do. I was, I, yeah. So sorry, I was about to ask how many people you have in your team. So it's great you mentioned it. Yes. Yeah, so you asked where I came yeah. from, but then you asked a few others, but it's kind of hard to remember all those. Yeah. Anyway, I, this, that's really that's cool stuff. I, I like your approach with helping others and uh, looking to partner with other musicians. That's definitely something that a lot of musicians uh, kind of miss these days. And uh, yeah, so the it's it's uh, quite interesting how you mentioned that you reverse engineered successful YouTubers before you started, around the time you started. So did you just uh, can you can you share maybe a li- uh, some of the discoveries that you made? Uh, when you looked into what other uh, creators on YouTube do to succeed? Yeah, well, I mean, essentially the the only way to succeed now is to consistently and constantly reverse engineer every single successful, you know, musician slash entrepreneur that is doing anything similar to me, right? Because we're constantly changing of the guard as far as where the eyeballs are at, where's the tension at, where are the people putting their time, and then what those platforms are adjusting in their algorithms. So I'm constantly changing. So if you ask a question of what did I learn back then, that's not going to be anything that's useful to pertain to your you know, people now, because back then it was a pretty simple algorithm of, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to look at a song coming up the charts. I'm going to look at the radio plays. I'm going to look at Shazam. I'm going to look at Spotify. I'm going to look at iTunes, and I'm going to make a very tactical decision on this song is going to be popular and being played the most on the radio in the two weeks. And in two weeks, I'm going to have my version of that up on YouTube. But that's been done. And that's like old school. And that's that market's been saturated to a, such an extent that it's doesn't really play the way it used to. Even if you hit and check every single one of your boxes, you're still not going to have the end result that you want because there's just so many people trying to do that now. So now the game is is, uh, you know, it's one in which uh, there's a lot more competition. And so you have to constantly cross remote across all of your social media sites and, and make one piece of content, but then take that IP and then, you know, then take that and re- redistribute that, you know, in like a square form on Facebook and on Instagram. And then um, basically, yeah, I mean, it, you have to ask a very specific question because otherwise it's just so broad. Like the answers I could give you are... You, 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 for hours. But you answered it really well. You mentioned some other social media platforms. Have you been uh, uh, utilizing any in particular lately? And how, how do you feel about Facebook uh, becoming this kind of competitor with YouTube and uh, trying to make everyone upload videos natively on there? I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think everyone should look at that as a positive. It's a positive in the end to have competition between platforms because then in the end they start creating better value for consumers and and I would say creators. 
And in the end, the only way to be a successful musician is to have brand awareness, right? So I want people to know who I am. So why in the heck would I not release my content everywhere? I mean, it behooves me to to have people see my work. So Mm -hmm. whether that's on YouTube or that's on Facebook, Facebook obviously doesn't give the value proposition back to the artist as YouTube does. YouTube bends over backwards for its creators and I adore them tremendously. But unfortunately, you know, there's an incredible slowdown currently on YouTube and they're changing things up, obviously, to make make it right for, you know, themselves and their creators. And and, uh, a lot of my peers and I are are seeing drastic, you know, 30, 40, 50 percent Mm-hmm. drops in in current views and so you know you have to uh you have to make sure that you don't have all your eggs in one basket you know these platforms aren't ours we don't own them what they are are you know global free marketing platforms and you have to look at them as such you have to build your brand across all these social media sites and um you have to look at it like basically every single person that ever contacts you on any social media site is the same thing as if somebody walks into your bookstore on Fifth Avenue and says, hey, how are you doing? I like this place. Can you help me? And if you don't respond to them, it's the same thing if, if someone tweets your video and they're like, I like this, and you don't respond. I mean, it's, it behooves you to engage across all social media platforms, just like it behooves you to release your content across all social media platforms, in my opinion. Yeah, that's, that's a great tip. And speaking of which, you haven't been relying on YouTube alone, and you've been building an audience on a different platform creating some sort of a hub with Patreon, right? I'm on your Patreon page right now, and uh, mm-hmm. it's uh, over 15,000 per music video. It's it's really impressive. Yeah, and it's I think it's like 4,000 people are giving me over $15,000. That's mind-blowing to me, and I'm, I'm so incredibly blessed to have such a supportive audience. But again, I, I would say the only reason I, I do have that type of monetary support is, well, number one is because I am someone that, nonstop communicates with my audience. They do know that I'm reachable, that I'm just like them, that I don't hold myself above them. I don't call them fans. You know, like they're like my supporters, a part of what I call my Holland's family. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I care about them more than anything because truthfully, like having an extra patron on there is more important than 10,000 views or, you know, it's, it's just, it's the best metric to have because that's something that is a consistent, I mean, it's consistent salary and that for the first time as a artist in any vertical, that's unheard of, especially by a company created by creators for creators on a 95-5 split. It's like a membership site that's basically being created for you. And I, I mean, I, you know, I don't know how they keep their doors open, but it's, it's, it's certainly a tremendous value for anyone who wants to make art for a living. And this creator revolution that we are now in, it's, I, I would say it's quintessentially the first company to successfully start building this infrastructure so that people who want to create for a living can do so. Maybe it's because Jack Conti is an artist himself, so he kind of <laughs> comes from this background. And a background. wizard. Yeah. He's a wizard. I, we, we had him on this podcast a couple of years back. He's just, he's amazing. And he's he's doing some proper stuff there. And this platform is, uh, I mean, the, what you just mentioned is is extremely important and how important it is communicating with fans and building this kind of tribe. I've heard from so many musicians that like Patreon doesn't work, but... Uh, usually it comes to the fact that not enough time is invested into the platform and uh, it's not treated as um, as a hub for supporters. So it's not it's not a store, it's not a place to, to just beg for, for money. It's a way to all your uh, supporters to support you financially. And uh, I mean, you... Well, I, would, I would even, I would actually 
respectfully disagree. I, I, mm-hmm. I view Patreon as a place where people who enjoy and consume my content can join the, like the journey that I am currently on. And I don't, and I do truthfully believe that the adjective of like, I don't think support is the right adjective to use for what Patreon is because we're in this thank you economy and people mm-hmm. want to give back. And I don't necessarily think what is best way to view it from even a musicians or even like from a consumer looking at a musician, like, yes, you are providing value through monetary means to a uh, said creator when you can look at that as support. But I feel I view that relationship as such this beautiful reciprocal like circle that I don't really view it as support because, you know, you have like, it's very hard to describe because I don't feel like there's an adequate adjective that really describes the way that I view the platform. And my view has constantly changed because initially I did view it as support, but now I kind of view it as this, it's a platform to basically become closer to the people you care about the most that are creating content you love, right? So if let's say I am personally a huge fan, and this is true, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of Gary V. I don't know if you know who Gary V. Yeah, is, yeah, but like, of course. Yeah, yeah. I love Gary. Yeah. I love Gary. And if Gary started a Patreon, which he never would, because dudes like hundreds of millions of dollars. But the point is, I would join it in a second because anything that allowed me to have a closer personal relationship with Gary would provide so much value back to me that that I wouldn't necessarily see that I'm supporting him. It would almost be like you know totally greedy for me. Like I like I I get to be able to be closer to someone who I truly respect and admire, and so that type of a relationship, I don't necessarily view as a support system, although you are quote unquote supporting them through monetary means. It's a different thing to me. And so like, so when everyone, cause everyone talks about Patreon as thus, because initially they started as like a Kickstarter that never ends. Right. So you can understand at least what it is because initially that was the only way to describe it. But to me, what that platform is and what it will become is something much greater and much more powerful than just a mechanism to allow people to create which is still the most important aspect of it. But does that make sense? No, I I hear you. It's just even I didn't quite uh, approach it that way. So I'm I'm just listening to you and learning from you. It's uh, I get you. I get your point. And the relationships that I do have and foster on there are, you know, in from my perspective, so much more important and vital because, you know, they are my like inner circle, right? So it's like you have your like membership site that you're running and, and that's your, you know, huge part of your the way that you, you you support yourself and those people, you know, in your perspective are like kind of like your patrons, like you provide value to them in different ways, just like I provide value in my way. But I'm going to continue making content for free in perpetuity as long as people want to listen, as long as I have a voice. And so it's, you know, it's a mechanism that allows that to be done more frequently and at a, with, at a higher production level. But more importantly, that relationship is, I think, the focal point for me, for me. That's the, and that's why it's successful. And those people that you said, the people who claim that Patreon doesn't work for them, yeah. number one, they didn't buy in all the way and they didn't go for it. Or number two, they just aren't working hard enough. And then, or number three, and most importantly, they aren't community managers. And that's what you have to be. You have to be a, yeah. like a, a phenomenal community manager to be successful as a musician. And, and if you, for a second, musicians out there think that you're going to be able to act like just a musician from 1980 and have a record label come up and like foster your art. Like, sorry, there's no A&R anymore. You have to do it all yourself and you should be your own manager and your own agent. And the only person you really need on your team to be successful is a damn good lawyer. So get over yourself and work your ass off because that's the only thing that's stopping you from success because everything else out there right now is able to be taught, right? You can get free instructional videos for everything, everything from audio to video to marketing, like 
Like there's just no excuse anymore. People need yeah. to just create this themselves. I mean, Bro, if I can do it yeah. as like a 36 year old dorky dad doing acapella music in my underwear in my garage, like, and there's no freaking excuse for anyone else. Like if I was like a pretty looking, I don't know, 16 something with a guitar, like, oh my gosh, I could slay if I like did knew what I knew. But I'm, you know, I mean, right now, like the people who could be the most successful in their head, they've been programmed that they need this old paradigm, that they need the label, that they need the publisher, that they need a manager, that they need an agent. Because truthfully, you don't. And if you build it yourself, those people will come begging to work with you and they will give you a much better deal than they ever would if you, you know, went towards them in the beginning. You need to build yeah. up yourself. True. Brilliant. Yeah, that that's huge. And yeah, so speaking of your community, you also give them quite a cool experience because from, from what I understood, you also collect feedback on, collect the kind of requests and also decide on what songs to record, for example, based on the feedback of your uh, family, as you call yeah, them. Yeah, my, my Holland family. Yeah, of course. I mean, God, I mean, technology is, is at our fingertips. Why in the heck wouldn't I crowdsource everything, right? I mean, even if you break it down to, you take out the emotional, like, me fostering anything and like actually caring about my community, which is the only thing I do. But if you take it all the way down to just the business side, just the nut and bolts, like why wouldn't you be able to take, why wouldn't you want to take polls constantly to figure out what your fans want? Number one, you should always try to keep them. So you should always try to do what, what they like. And number two, if 1500 people request the same song, just like if you were taking a presidential poll, guess what? There's going to be millions of other people that want that song too. So Come on, this is just a no-brainer. You didn't have this ability like before the internet, but now you do. So why wouldn't you take advantage of it? Because you want to be like some snotty musician that only cares about what you do and what you want to do. Like there's two different ways to look at content, right? You need to look initially in the beginning of I'm creating this piece of content to have fan acquisition, right? Or B, I'm creating this piece of content to basically empower myself because I'm passionate about this because I wrote this song and I believe in it with all my heart and I'm feeding my soul, right? I'm a musician. I get that part. I'm an artist. I love it. Like I live and breathe to sing. But guess what? I also think like a, like a business person and you need quote unquote fans to succeed. So you need to have, you need to look at two different pieces of content. And sometimes those things will meet in the middle. And guess what? By taking those polls and by asking your supporters what they like, you will find out what that middle ground is and you'll be able to basically take the fan acquisition part and the feeding your soul part and you'll be able to find middle ground. And that, you know, and that's what I've, that's what I've been able to do. I mean, sometimes I'm more tactical and I, I do things because I know like it's, you know, the, the actual content itself is clickbaity enough that, you know, it's going to succeed. But so, I mean, I just get so angry when people have excuses because like, <laughs> because, because really like, there's no excuse any longer. Yeah. Oh, I can't do this. Yeah, you can. Shut up. Go learn how to do it and then do it. There's no reason. Are you scared? Why are you scared? Are you scared that your friend's going to make fun of you? Are you scared that your family's going to make fun of you? Like, most importantly, are you scared that your parents are going to tell you that you shouldn't be doing what you're doing? Okay, I get all that. That's important. But that doesn't matter. Screw them and do what you love. Awesome. I it just, yeah. One question, one more question going back to the to what you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation about the team that you've got. Because I hear it as an excuse quite often as well that how difficult it is to manage everything, uh, being a solo musician with no uh, very little income and so on. Well, most of the times artists have uh, issues with time management in the first place. However, can you just uh, say something to break that popular kind of disbelief and, and assumption that it's impossible to manage your your community and build personal relationships 
on social media because it's just too time consuming and you have to have a job and uh, create music and so on. So how, how would do you have any tips in terms of actually handling it on your own? Maybe you can mention any specific tools or the tricks you've been using yourself? Sure. First and foremost, I'm not going to like kid anyone out there and say that this is not a, this is not a hard thing. This is hard, right? I mean, I basically, you know, never work less than 85 hours a week. I don't really take time off because my work is what I love. And so it's not work. That's not even the right word for it. So yes, this is hard. And that first hump, just like building any business is damn difficult, right? If you look at it from any different vertical, if you open up a business or if you start running a business, you will be in the red for, you know, 12, 18, 24, 36 months, right? You need to set yourself up in a way so that you know that it's going to be hard, that you're going to have to work 100-hour weeks. But guess what? If you, are, if you are someone who loves that work, who enjoys that work, who loves every aspect of it, then this is something that you can be successful at if you work your tail off. So with that said, it's hard. I'm not saying it's not hard. But what you need to do is you need to start looking at yourself. Okay, first of all, you need to be able to take something from concept to execution all the way through. So there's no mm-hmm. excuses, like I said earlier. So there's no reason why you just spent gosh, how long? An entire year in school learning chemistry or or geometry or all these things that probably are completely useless for you. And then you're making excuses why you can't learn how to record yourself or why you can't learn how to turn on a camera in front of you and sing. So get over that, number one. And then number two, yes, it's so important early on to provide as much attention to anyone that, that engages with anything you create. It is imperative that you make sure that they know that you're listening, that they know that you care, and that they know when to expect your next piece of content, right? So consistent content creation is essential. It's quintessential. And you need to be able to take whatever you create and it needs to be cross-pollinated across all of your social media sites. Anywhere that your name is, you need to be releasing content there and consistently. And yes, maybe that sounds daunting, but guess what? It's not as daunting as having to go to work and spend your life and your time, most importantly, building up somebody else's business, right? I mean, if you care and you really want to do this, and you work your tail off, right? So tools I use, sure. Guess what? All of the social media sites, those are the tools I use, right? Like right now on my iPhone, in order, like, you know, like I have a social media tabs in order. Mm-hmm. My top left is Instagram. Top, top middle is YouTube. Top right is the studio YouTube app. Then it's Messenger because guess what? You can use Messenger for business. Middle is Twitter. The right side is Patreon. And the mentions app is bottom left. And that's like the verified Facebook. I can like communicate with anyone who mentions my name. Bottom is Tweetbot because I like the way that utilizes uh, Twitter. And then I have Snapchat. On the next page, I have a company called Epoxy, which allows me to communicate with uh, my fan base uh, across a lot of social media platforms, E-P-O-X-Y. On my desktop in front of me, I have TweetDeck that I use to be able to like create a bunch of columns and make sure people are talking about me and engage with them. And uh, even if they spell my name wrong or if they mention me or if they mention a video, uh, let's see what else. I have LinkedIn on my phone. I even follow some people. I think this is all about like, especially if you if you change your entire strategy around. And, and it, I know it's impo- I know it's very very hard, right? When I was trying to pay for my rent and we were eating very very minimally when I was starting early on because I was the breadwinner in my family and I was making very little money, right? Like we moved in with a family like for the first two and a half years when I did YouTube because I believed in what I was doing. You know, I moved in with a family and I, I we were able to to like have very low rent low overhead. I mean, that, I mean, anytime you start a business, you want to create as little money loss parts to your business as possible, right? So I had as little overhead as possible. I shot everything myself. I recorded everything myself. And I did every aspect of my entire workflow all by myself. And then 
as I started building, I started releasing content and, you know, that revenue slowly started coming in just like I was, if I was an insurance person and I was putting out policies, you know, like you get that reoccurring revenue in that, in your mailbox, that entire business aspect. And then I would slowly start taking that money and, and I would then reinvest that into my business, just like any business. Right. Yeah. And so then I would be like, okay, now I'm going to hire an editor. Okay. Now I'm going to hire somebody to stand in front of that camera and focus it so that I can create this quicker without banging my head against the wall. Right. And, and so I don't have to just, just be doing box videos and I don't, you know, and sorry, I was going to say it earlier, but if you, the quicker you start focusing on knowledge and relationships, even in music, even mm -hmm. in the music industry, the knowledge and relationships are vastly more valuable than monetary amounts, you will start being successful because collaboration isn't just artist to artists. It is artist to cinematographer. It is artist to editor. It is, you know, it's, it's every aspect you can possibly imagine in any capacity. Because if I start a business, if I'm wanting to start right now, January 1st, 2017, I'm going to start. I want to, like right now, like even if I, everything got taken out from me, the entire ground got taken out from me, I couldn't use my name. I couldn't use my, I couldn't do acapella. I would still build a business again and I would still create and foster a community around myself of like-minded, inspired individuals. And I would provide value to them in ways, even if I had no money, I would provide value to them in ways that would, would make our relationship successful for both of us. I would get them clients. I would introduce them to people. I would teach them, right? If I couldn't pay somebody, I would provide value to their life. And that is a communication you need to have with each and every single person you ever create with. Because I'm sorry, you and I, anyone who out there is in, in this music industry knows that you, we don't do this to make, to become millionaires. If I wanted to become a millionaire, I would build a business in healthcare or AI or anything that actually equals dollars. But guess what? Yeah. That doesn't make you happy. We do this because we can't not do it. I can't not sing. I can't not, this isn't English. I'm not speaking correctly, but I, I can't, <laughs> I can't do anything else. And the I know only thing yeah. that my soul and my heart tells me is to create. And so I do that. But I love all this other stuff. I love every other part of this. I love the business. I love communicating with people. I love teaching people. I love providing knowledge. And that's why, you know, hey, oh, by the way, everyone out there, I have a Christmas album and it's freaking awesome and you should buy it and it's amazing. And it's actually like the best Christmas album of the year. And I'm not kidding. And I don't just say that. It's really good. And you should talk about it later, sir. But next year, I have an entire other facet of my business. Literally, like I could open the door to my, my studio that I'm at and I, the, the office space across the hall from me, I've purchased for next year and I'm, I'm building an entire education arm to my entire business because I believe in inspiring and educating the next working class of musicians. And there are very little people out there who are doing it and creating it and know what the heck they're doing. And I know I'm a, a very, very passionate thought leader in this space and I can teach countless people. And that's what I'm going to do. So 2017, I'm finishing my book and finishing my TED talk. And I'm going to teach people how to do this because I know how to do it. If I can do it, you can do it. And I can teach you how to do it. And so that's, that's what I'm going to do. I was just about to ask, what are your plans for the next year? And you just, you just nailed it. TED Talk, a book that's brilliant. I mean, first of all, to everyone who's listening to us, a link to uh, Peter's album and the apps that you just mentioned that you use on your iPhone are in the show notes. So it's very easy to find all these links at the notes for this episode as usual. So it's maybe a good idea to check that because you've just uh, mentioned a bunch of cool things. And uh, yeah, I just I appreciate what you've shared. It's inspiring and uh, it's the truth. It's how things, things work, especially in this industry, which is tough, as you mentioned. Peter, thank you so much for for everything that you've shared. It's, uh, it's amazing. I'm really looking forward to all the developments of yours in the new year and uh, I hope that your community and uh, 
Hon's family keeps growing, and uh, yeah, yeah thank it's, you. it sounds like there is a bunch of very exciting things coming up in the new year. So um, yeah, any, any any specific call to actions to our listeners for in terms of what to you know to expect from you in 2017? Because once again, you mentioned a few things, but maybe a bit, to be a bit more specific, you mentioned the book. Yeah, I mean, truthfully, you know, I, in the new year, if anyone out there wants to learn how to become a musician, I think I'm going to start documenting my life so that you can see like the day to day of what it's like. I think I'm going to start providing a bunch of terrific information. I have like an FAQ on my website, which is still helpful for people who are starting. But you know what? I'm a musician. I don't care about being some millionaire or being some famous person. I'm not going to fleece you. I'm going to try to provide as much value to as many people out there before I die so I can help people create for a living because there's nothing better than waking up every day knowing that you can help people, number one, but knowing, number two, that there's a possibility to allow someone to do what they love for a living. Because truthfully, that's the only way to make the world a better place because we're living in a day and age where the, truthfully, the only thing that is the universal language is music. The more people that were meant to create music for a living can, that can actually heal this world that's torn apart right now in so many different ways. Yeah. If I can do anything to help people go from part-time to full-time or even from starting to just, let's be honest, from not even starting, from inaction to actually starting, then I will. I mean, I, I literally just started a cover contest with all these terrific rewards for an original on my Christmas album. And God, I think I had 600 actual music videos turned in, right? And I would venture to say that 95% of those people, if not more, had never done it in their entire life. And if I can get those people to start, that's almost the most important thing because then I can follow up and not only, yeah, there's the rewards and I can provide, you know, a certain amount of uh, visibility and I can help the best people. But most importantly, just those people that are starting and doing this because they love it and it makes them feel good. I mean, like we need more art in our life. And that's the one thing that we've always done. We've always saying as, you know, you can look back many, 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 many centuries, if not thousands of years, we can go crazy far back, but we all have a voice and we all use music and it's so imperative for us to keep this in our life. So I want to be able to be a vehicle to, to help people ha make that happen. So that's my 2017 specifics. Yeah, go buy my album. It's freaking awesome. If you're still doing Christmas stuff, if not, it'd be a great gift for next year. It's it literally so like, I, God, it's, it's great. Like I, I listened to half of, half of it. Uh, I will be honest, not the full thing yet. It's great. It's really uh, a great piece <laughs> of art. Yeah, I've never been I've never been more proud of anything and I, I make like you know I have like 150 singles and music videos and I don't really care you know usually it's like quote unquote work for me but like I put my heart and soul and energy into that and there's there's some good stuff and I'm really proud of it so check that out awesome thank you for what you do for the creative community and for artists what you just mentioned is hugely appreciated and thank you for everything that you've shared with me and uh, our listeners today my pleasure thank you so much Andrew Now, wasn't that inspiring? I really hope that you enjoyed the conversation and uh, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts as well. So please consider sharing your thoughts via an iTunes review or a comment on SoundCloud, pretty much as usual. And keep working on your art, don't give up, don't find excuses not to create. Until the next Whispin Recipes episode, I'm Andrew, thank you. You have been listening to the We Spin Recipes podcast. Learn how we can help you improve your music career at wespin12.com. We